Men of the Wild, episode 10, featuring Cody Sieben. Subscribe to the podcast, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Men of the Wild Podcast. And feel free to share these fun, inspiring stories with others. If you have anyone you think should be on the podcast, let us know. Thanks. Now, enjoy the show. All right, so uh, I want to welcome Cody Sieben to the podcast. Hey, man, I'm super pumped that you can join me for a few minutes. Um, we're just going to unpack this. This is actually the first in-person podcast that I've ever done. So congratulations. You're starting season two. It's great um, to be here. So let's just go ahead and jump right in and I will let you kind of unpack some stuff. Uh, tell me about your family, where you're from, what growing up was like, what was, what was little Cody like? Was he a, a rowdy little kid or what was it? It's probably pretty rowdy. They, they called me, uh bulldozer because I always destroyed stuff when I was young. <laughs> I tore everything up. So um, so I grew up in Minnesota. Um, I was uh, introduced to the outdoors at a young age. Um, basically, geez, I don't know how old I was, but at a pretty young age, I was out on the dock, and I remember my first experience um, actually catching like a decent-sized fish, and there was a couple largemouth bass swimming under a dock, and uh, I was able to catch one of them for sure, maybe both of them. But I did not want to leave that dock after I had caught the first one. So the addiction started. It was instant, man. It was like, uh, I think I was with my dad. And um, I, I knew, I'm sure he knew at that time. He was like, well, this is, this no, is crap. Probably going to stick. <laughs> so, um, my, my dad enjoys the outdoors. He was not necessarily like a huge hunter or a huge fisherman, but he has seven brothers. Um, and so, uh, they all grew up on the farm and they did outdoor stuff. Um, so I guess when he kind of noticed my passion towards fishing, that's kind of when, um, you know, we, we both got into it or he decided to buy a boat because he's like well this is something good constructive for my son to do thankfully i have awesome parents um and they have supported my journey everything that i've done um throughout my life and so you know investing in a in a boat when i was 
pretty young, I think, was something that uh, my both my parents thought would, you know, be a great way for me to be able to spend my time and be able to spend my time with my dad. Um, so I grew up uh, just a lot of fishing with my dad. Um, when I got to high school, um, I you know, some of my buddies and I, you know, I love the outdoors, so we started hunting. Um, so in Minnesota, what that mostly looked like for me was, um, you know, we did a lot of duck hunting. There's a lot of just potholes and stuff all around, lots of public land. Um, and so um, we went and probably weren't super good at it, but we hit a lot of the little duck sloughs and we'd find um, places where we could... Uh, goose hunt and lay out blinds and stuff and dry fields and um we dove hunted um so i love doing that uh, a couple of my uncles own a farm um they a couple of them own farms up in northern minnesota and so my deer hunting first deer hunting experience was probably in that high school age too and up there it's like a you know opening weekend for gun season is like a holiday right everybody does it it's crazy so it just sounds like fireworks through the woods is all it sounds oh there's there's blaze orange just everywhere (laughs) so when you hear um if you hear much about like deer hunting in different areas you'll hear like minnesota michigan wisconsin like they're a lot the pressure is a lot higher there hunter pressure and stuff and it's true it's a different world um but anyways, it's a cool experience. So uh, we'd always get together with my uncles and cousins, and it was you know it was a big thing. You'd go out for opening weekend, and um, it wasn't really about the size of the deer you killed, but uh, it was you know after the after the venison. Um, so it was always a good time, and uh, man, I just I just loved it. I loved everything outdoors. Uh, I got into competitive tournament bass fishing when I was maybe it's like. 12 years old probably uh so they uh had a you know a junior bass master series basically and i loved fishing and actually a, a kid from my hometown um had won the junior state tournament that year for bass fishing i didn't know him but he, his name showed up in the paper and i i honestly didn't even know this was a thing but i thought to myself well, if he can do it, I can do it. So that's going to be me. I'm going to put my name in the paper. So, <laughs> funny thing is, um, you know, uh, my dad and I basically, you know, reached out to um, this kid and his family to see how to get into it and so forth and yeah. ended up getting in a, a junior Bassmaster club and fishing competitively. And, um, man, that, that just took off. Uh, I was pretty much obsessed with it. Um bass fishing was in my blood uh, I ended up having some fairly decent success doing that uh, as a junior angler and then that led me to um, make it to Murray State University in western Kentucky to go to college so it's kind of a you know a big trip uh, but I knew I wanted to keep fishing keep fishing competitively Murray State had a great program they were right on Kentucky Lake it's like couldn't ask for more um from a school so i was i was a ways away from home but uh i was wanting to go go try it and then fell in love with murray state university uh fell in love with this area and when i got to kentucky I, you know i fished a lot but I, I started deer hunting more um and uh now 
I probably don't fish quite as much just because I'm not as close to the lake, but uh, just like I was really obsessed with fishing, I am now also very obsessed with uh, chasing white-tailed deer around. So, Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, they're almost everywhere. I almost hit a few on my way to work every morning. I'm like, gosh dang it, would you just get out of the way? So, <laughs> so there's a numbers-wise, there's a lot more of them here. Um, so that makes it enjoyable. Um I, you know, that's, if you ask my wife, like, she knows I just am a deer nut. Um, Is it, like, okay to her, or does she, like, roll her eyes when you start <clears throat> talking about it? Because, like, when I talk about fishing with my wife, it's like, it's like when, like, the parents in the cartoons start talking, and it's like, wah, 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 wah. it's like that, right? Or, like, a giant eye roll, and it's like, <laughs> we're talking about fishing, right? She's like, you... You literally don't talk about anything else. Right? I've been working on that. It's fun. So, it's, it's a process thing for me. But. So that's that's awesome. That's funny you say that, right? Um, <laughs> I get a little bit of both, probably. Super supportive. Let's me hunt, probably more, more than, than you I should. should. Yeah, yep. bingo. And um, I'm very much so into uh, if I'm not out in the woods, I still have to get like a certain fix and so like i'll turn on youtube or something on the tv and um she'll be watching her show or something maybe on her laptop or whatever but if she sometimes she watches along with me and she's like pretty clever she picks up like what they're doing or like different people's names or um you know just the noises they make to like call a deer or turkey (laughs) or something and she tries like she tries Talking, talking game with me sometimes as it pertains to the outdoors. So. Has she gone with you? Uh, so two years ago, it's funny. I took her deer hunting for the first time ever. Um, she ended up killing a doe the one night we were in the stand, and I, I don't think I didn't kill a deer that year, and that was like, that was one of the best moments I've ever had hunting it was, was it just, like good or did she like hold it over your head for like the rest of the season because she was like i got one but you didn't uh <laughs> not like, quite she's, she's pretty <laughs> humble man um, no i was so she was like excited um but she didn't really know what to expect you know being first time and it's not like she was big in the outdoors and she wasn't like man i really want to go kill a deer it was kind of like hey you should you should come with me let's spend some time together in the deer stand i'd love for you to come with me and I think it'd be really awesome if you got an opportunity to shoot a deer. And so when she did, I was so I was so excited. I, I mean, I haven't killed anything too crazy big um, in the deer woods, but even the the bucks that I've killed, I would say the feeling of being there with her, seeing her kill her first deer, I mean, it was up there in the you know excitement level and feeling wise that I got when she came out there and tagged her first deer so yeah that's awesome i mean i think brie is brie is not a woman of extremes right my wife is not a woman of extremes she's like air conditioned and sunny and 75 like she would be perfect in florida i mean she's like it's too cold or it's too hot or like it's raining right but when she's like hey let's go fishing I mean, it's that it's that type of feeling where it's like I don't even care if we catch anything. It's like, <laughs> like it's, it's your that's idea. That's a win, man. And I'm like, you brought it up. I didn't say anything. <clears throat> it's like I didn't annoy you. And it's like, are you kidding me? Let's go. 
get everything. I always pack too much, but it's always <laughs> fine, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's that type of like excitement and kind of passion. That's like funny how that works, I'm isn't like it? Almost more excited when she catches fish or when we oh. go out. It's like I'm so freaking proud of you right now. I hundred percent can relate to that because something else. Yet I got super lucky in the marriage categories for somebody that a puts up with the stuff that I do and like to do, but also likes to do some of it with me. So uh, my wife, she loves to fish. Um, she, I honestly, she, she, she can hold her own when she's fishing with me, um, fishing against me, and she will very much so tough out like a you know full 8, 10, 12-hour day in the boat. Dang. Um, and she also, not that I, I don't fish too often for edible fish or fish that I would eat. I shouldn't say edible, but usually when I'm bass fishing, it's catch and release. Um, and she loves to do that, but she also loves to eat fish. So if there's like an opportunity to go catch something that, um, I'm more inclined to take home to eat, she's all about it, man. See, my wife, and I feel, I feel like this is coming up with a podcast for me. My wife is like, my wife is like the complete opposite, right? So I, I hate to talk down about it, but oh, I mean, geez. it's, it's not pretty. Okay. She's like, I will. Okay. I'll, I'll start by saying the, the only fish that she will eat, and this is like something I scoff at. And she knows that I scoff at it. The only fish that she will eat is a filet fish sandwich from McDonald's. <laughs> that is the only fish she will eat, right? I mean, I talk about bringing home fish and doing fish fries, or, like, she smells fish, or she thinks about fish, or, like, I talk about seafood, and mm. she's just, like, dry heaving. <laughs> or, like, be like, I'm nauseous now, and I'm like... My, my number one passion uh, is per- uh, pursuing things that f- swim in the water that I can eat, mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you, like... A highly processed, breaded, fried piece of fish that comes from a chain restaurant. <laughs> I don't, do you even call it fish? I don't. <laughs> I don't, but, I mean, maybe some people do. My wife is like, I love me a filet fish and I'm no. like, I, no. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh, dang. So I, I guess the, uh, the other thing to kind of unpack is all this, um, probably within the next couple of weeks, um, we'll have our firstborn come in. Um, boy or a girl? Boy, little boy. Yeah, oh, I was. Uh, it's pretty. I was pretty pumped when I found out that it was going to be a boy. Was she Not excited? Or she? I mean, she's got to be excited. So, right. so she's super excited. We're both really excited. Funny thing is, she's going to hate me saying this, but uh, she originally wanted a girl more, probably. And uh, when we found out the sex um, of the child. She was like, <laughs> her reaction, let's just say, was a little bit different than what I was expecting. Because she was really, really wanting kids. She's been wanting kids since we've been married, which is going on three years now in May. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And uh, so, <laughs> anyways, I was like, wait a second. We have a child now. and You're already disappointed. You're kind of disappointed? It's <laughs> like, should I? I'm going to. I'm going to keep that. This is like blackmail for me someday. I mean, we shouldn't bring it up, <laughs> but it's like it's there. It's like I think at the end of the day, you just want something that's healthy. No, right? like yeah. that's, you know. So the funny thing is, <clears throat> it's like the thought process has shift, dr- shifted dramatically now. So it started out like I think this 
original period was kind of like, oh, everything is just going to be gray. Like, I she was still maybe having a hard time, like, getting over it or, or, you know, coping a little bit or figuring out what, you know, after she had expectations. Um, but now... It's like everything in his nursery. There's like deer heads, and I've got like shed antlers in there. She's like full committed to oh, it. Oh, yeah. She's like going to build the antler, like, light fixture light, thing. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, um, I guess they call them like moguls, I think, but it, it hangs over his crib um, for him to like look up at it, spins, whatever. So, anyways, his has a bunch of little deer heads on it. And I'm like, that is perfect. When he grows up and he gets to go hunting with dad, he's going to be like, I used to dream of these things. You know, like, <laughs> how awesome is that? You just need to put some fish in there, too. Yeah. A couple, couple, couple greenies in there and, you know. That's that's where I'm like, I don't know. I, I love both passions so much. And I think right now, just since I'm, seems like, I have more opportunities to hunt than I do to fish, uh, just because a lot of the fishing I did was around Kentucky Lake, and I'm not as nearly as close. Got to branch it as I out, man. Before, so. I know, I know. Some point, at some point, I will. But mm, okay, all right. So, kid coming. Yeah, that's super exciting. Congratulations. Appreciate it. I mean, it's like weeks away, isn't no. it? It's oh like, yeah. It's according to her. It's uh, every day he's coming. So. Like, hey, Cody, I'm having him today. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that's how I that really works, hope but... not. I haven't asked off to get off work today. <laughs> right? oh. Like, I really hope not. I have... Bingo. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, Probably need. Can we, it's just a little bit longer, like, you know. Yeah, I, I've mentioned, uh, you know, hey, let's just shoot for his due date. But, you know, then I remember in the back of my head as she reminds me, Hey, I'm not the one that's carrying the child, and at this point, she's getting very uncomfortable. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, I I do want him to come out soon. I just well, the funny thing it was, so I was like, hey, let's record this podcast, and and then I was like, kind of, you know, I was like through social media, and I was like, oh, his kid's due in April, and I'm like, that's like, huh? that's like. No, it's like two days from now, and I was like March thirtieth. I was man. like, "Holy cow!" Like, I hope nothing happens. Like, hope like you're not recording this, and it's like, hold on for part two. Like, we got to come back and finish this. You know, I would say as much as I bet there's she, like a seventy five percent chance that you just get the call and like as much as she supports me doing anything outdoors and hanging out with my buddies and stuff. I would probably hear about it if uh, I was in the middle of a podcast, not at the house, when <laughs> she decided to potentially go into labor. We won't worry about that. No, 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 no. We'll laugh about this. I just, we'll laugh about this later. I just care. go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. things fun. come up, we'll take care of them. That's the name of the game. Well, man, let's go. Let's go with the flow, and we'll keep moving. So, sure. What uh, other kind of activities? So, hunting, fishing, any other kind of outdoor activities you get into? Yeah. So, um, the funny thing is, I am a person that uh, I have so many like hobbies, or I find so much stuff interesting that I I really have to be careful of how many things I do because when I start doing something, I want to be the best at it. <laughs> And it, it becomes very time-consuming. So the um, word is addictive. Oh, addictive! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. try not to use that word. But. It's, it's a dirty <laughs> word, almost. <laughs> no. So uh, um, basically, late winter, early spring, um, I do uh, what I've 
now been doing the last couple of years trying to get better at and just love doing is shed hunting looking for deer antlers um after they drop their antlers in the in the late winter so that's kind of like uh man i will spend a lot of time walking the woods uh being out in creation and just putting the you know putting some serious miles on trying to find that little piece of antler gold basically um i'm not i'm not good at it by any means pretty tough but i enjoy doing that a lot um turkey season's coming up so i'm not sure how much i'll get a chance to hunt with the uh, baby but uh i'm not a excellent turkey hunter by any means but i man i love being in the woods love being out there hearing them gobble um and you know fishing and then i like to smoke meat um so i like i like to cook um like to cook wild game love to cook wild game um and uh i love to you know smoke meat so um that's uh if i'm if i'm around the house you know, i'll have a you know, piece of meat out or something so i can put it, that's good to know put it on the that's good to know smoker all day if i, if I, if I kill a turkey I'll bring it by the house and we'll just... Oh, you should I made some smoked wild turkey breast we'll last throw year. It, we'll throw it on there and we'll get it going. You, you can't beat that. So, yeah, that's... Uh, and then I also, you know, uh, which we might talk about at some point, but the habitat management. So, um, basically, any point in time I'm not hunting, I am uh, out in the woods or out on the farm trying to uh, make it better and hold more animals um make the you know ecosystem local ecosystem hopefully a healthier place to be able to hold more deer turkeys um someday maybe even see some some quail at the um farm that i you know get a chance to to hunt a bunch and stuff so well let's go ahead and unpack um what your latest endeavor is i don't know Sure. I don't have an agenda here. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, this is an so. agendaless <laughs> podcast. Okay, so. So, what you, what you recently started, um, you know, that was kind of a good avenue to, to invite you on as a guest, mainly because, you know, I know your personal life, you know, what your beliefs and passions are, but um, also just give you a platform to kind of, hey, here's what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, so, what's your, what's your latest addiction hobby business venture yeah whatever you want to call this thing probably all of the above it probably is um so uh there's probably only a a couple buddies of mine that you know you you find people that have that like same passion where they can talk like you know fishing maybe like every single day with you you know at some point you might be texting them or something so anyways we got a couple of buddies like that um where we talk whitetail deer like that and uh you know one of those buddies my my business partner dan um he lives in southern illinois but we were bass fishing teammates we were uh partners on the murray state bass fishing team that's where we got to know each other in college and uh man we just you know i think think a lot alike as it pertains to um of course you know our you know our passion for the outdoors but also like what drives us or motivates us to be uh better or like find the next thing we talk a lot of real estate we talk you know just kind of like that entrepreneurial mindset probably and uh he's an agronomist by trade um and so he's a he's a crop consultant now but um anyways you know we were 
talking and we've kind of been talking about well how awesome would this be to be able to take our passion for deer hunting our passion for you know improving the landscape of our properties and so forth and and how awesome would it be to be able to help others offer that as a service to you know to help others um and so we decided to start a company called the deer dudes basically and uh if you make it to our website, uh, you'll see that um, a lot of what we say, anything deer, we're your dudes. So um, our, our core business basically is uh, based around habitat management. So we want to partner with landowners basically to help them um, improve their properties, their holding capacity of deer, um, that might look different depending on what the landowner's goals are for their property, but uh, hopefully that includes, um, you know, killing bigger deer, having a hunting strategy, so you can have an awesome place to deer hunt. But if you don't hunt it right, uh, you know you're going to be missing out on chances, and or uh, you may inadvertently actually make your property that you hunt uh worse over time which which you don't want so um i think there's a lot of people uh you know investing in land or uh maybe have bought land in a in another state or another area they can't make it to all the time so we also offer you know some services to be able to help them out with different projects uh maybe it's you know clearing planting food plots uh bedding creation so that's a big one um you know, that's like, hey, 10 years ago, food plots was like the biggest thing. And what you always heard about is like, man, if you've got this best look at food plot on your property, like you're going to kill all these monster deer. Well, for some that might be true, but in most cases, like you have to have the habitat to actually hold the deer, um, not just the food for the deer. So it's like fishing, you got to have the structure, you got to have the cover or you're likely not going to find the fish. It's really awesome when you really start looking at it. There's so many parallels you can draw between fish and, you know, fish and deer, just animals, creatures, the way they interact with the environment. Well, yeah, I think that's a lot of the outdoors, right? I mean, the, the circle of life, you know, put it in that, yeah. right? Like everything needs specific things to flourish and to be healthy. And you guys are kind of, the front lines when it comes to that, what you guys do. And I think, you know, as you and I have talked about the deer dudes, I think it was kind of interesting where you were like, look, there's a lot of people who are out of state or have these properties who want to do these things, but they may not have enough time. Right. Um, or the right amount of money to sink into equipment or whatever it mm -hmm. is to be able to profit, you know, and to be able to enjoy, whether it be, you know, like want to take their, their son or their daughter out or their grandkids out to the deer stand and, you know, you're like, hey, look, we're a solution. You know, consider us. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the big thing. It's like it puts a light bulb off in my head. Not that I deer hunt, but you know, if I did, I was like, hey, look. I mean, that's that makes sense. Yeah. You know, because I don't think my wife would be very happy if I was like, hey, I'm gonna go buy a Kubota with a brush hog to mow <laughs> my deer woods because I need a tractor. I don't think she'd be very happy. Yeah. But you know putting the business in your hands, you know, and the knowledge is also a wealth there. So that's cool. And I, and I think, uh, 
you know, the, the awesome thing is, you know, we're, like I said, anything dear, we're your dudes, right? So, like, we want as many people to be successful in the woods as possible. Sure. Of course, success looks different to everybody, right? So that's, you know, depending on what the goals are. But um, it's like anything. Like, I want to see as many people enjoying the outdoors and creation as possible. So, like, if somebody's trying to get into hunting and has nothing but bad experiences or, like, tries stuff and, like, you know, might not know exactly what they're doing or looking at and so forth, I certainly, you know, applaud people for trying. and I I love that. But I also know um, there's a lot of people out there that may not have the mentality of, like, well, challenge number one, that was tough. Challenge number two, that was tough. Challenge number three, that was tough. And want to keep going to, like, really figure it out or get better. Um, you know, that's that's also where hopefully, you know, the deer dudes can come in and say, well, hey, you know, we're, we're, we'll partner with you and we'll help you through this journey. So hopefully you can start seeing some of that success. Because ultimately, you know, if it's not fun, people aren't going to stay in it and stay doing it. So, sure, absolutely. Um, I think that's also a big part of kind of what's driving, uh, motivating, you know, our, our business or, you know, what we do. Plus it lets you look for more antler sheds. Ah, not bad. Uh, I see. Is there like a, is there like a fine print on the bottom of the contract that's like <laughs> any deer sheds that I find? It's like either finder's fee or kept by finder. Is there like so, any of that? Or they're uh, really hard to give up when you find them. But uh, no, no, that's uh, that's all part of it. Um, and you know, any t- extra time, you know, we look at it as uh, Dan and I look at it as man, this is extra time we get to grow learn see something new see a new piece of land new piece of property um and and i mean that's that's awesome like for for us you couldn't ask to be doing something more enjoyable sure absolutely that's pretty cool i mean you spend a lot of time in the outdoors whether it be fishing hunting looking for animals i think you should start looking for like mushrooms or something but like you know, that could be kind of dangerous. It's the next but obsession, man. It's the next babe. I found these wild mushrooms. Let's, let's dig in. And it's like, no, I'm good. Um, I think she likes mushrooms. It's you got to know what you're picking. All right? like, <laughs> you can't, you don't want to like start tripping balls on some mushrooms. Um, so you talk about all this time you spent in the outdoors. Do you have any like wild, crazy stories? Um, I mean, you probably have a lot. Yeah. Um, but do you have anyone you sh- that you would like to share? Um, man, I'm I'm trying to think. I I was I was thinking through kind of this question, looking through this question on like you know what's what's really cool that I've done. Um, I've been to Alaska a few times, fly fishing, uh, the salmon runs with uh, one of my buddies from high school. So um, I think my senior year of high school maybe and my sophomore maybe even my or my freshman and sophomore year of college those summers we we went up to alaska and uh, the first time we went we had like no idea what we were doing right it was kind of just like an adventure um and uh we were bass fishermen both at heart so like a fly rod is the first time i'd ever picked up a fly rod it's like an ultra 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 light rod oh yeah and when you're like hooking into 15 pound salmon in a river that's got a decent amount of current first of all getting the things hooked and and you know figuring out how to get them to actually 
attack the lure that you're presenting them. It's called a fly. Well, I'm just in a purist sense, <laughs> right? Like, see, I'm no fly fisherman. <laughs> but it was like so. That first trip, it was four days before we actually landed one. And keep in mind, like that is why we went. And that we, sounds miserable. You know, you dream about like bringing home all this salmon and stuff. And I just, I'll never forget the amount of when we finally figured out how to. Um, you know, get them to bite or have an opportunity to actually catch them. It's like you get them on and then to land one was unbelievable. I mean, we struggled. There was there was two days of like nothing but missed fish, super frustration. Um, there was, I mean, we were definitely scratching our heads thinking we were, we had just made this whole trip up here. We're going to spend the whole week up here. We're not going to land a salmon. And yet, everybody's out there catching them. Like, you see all the locals and different people. They don't really know what they're doing. Um, they, they can get them in. So, um, anyways, we finally, you know, did land a couple. And then we went back uh, consecutive years after. And, man, you know, not that that's, like, a super crazy story. We've had some other probably crazier stories. But that's probably the coolest place um, that I have been and the one of the best just like adventure trips to go to Alaska not know what you're getting into um, try something completely different uh, it was Alaska is a beautiful place I 100% I tell people especially anybody that likes the outdoors if you've never been to Alaska you have to at least go once in your life because it is I've been out west and I've done different things but Alaska is Truly unlike anything else. So before you go into Alaska, did you like fly fished any at all? No, or was I don't. It like, or was it like you, you put your waders on, you stepped in the river in Alaska, and you're like, this is day one, we'll figure this out. Day one, figure it out. That is terrifying. Yeah, you know, like... Uh, so like I, I like spent days in my front yard casting a fly rod before I figured it out. Oh, and yeah. then I went to the water. I have not like... Um, is it called tending the line? Mending. Mending. See, look at that. Don't even. Yeah. See, I don't even know the terminology. <laughs> but that's that's what like that was one of the big things to learn. Um, and that you know the casting I think came with it, but the hardest thing is like yeah, knowing your presentation, getting your line so everything is flowing right with the current and it's actually like a reasonable presentation. Um, and then probably the one of the coolest things is you got to watch out for grizzly bears or for bears in general. I was about to ask In Alaska. That. So uh, one of the trips we went on up there, we got into like a little pot of fish. Um, There's a little bend in this river. And you're back in some places. You know, you can walk up and down those rivers uh, pretty long ways. And so we got, uh, we found this little like pocket of fish in this little creek bend. Um, and I just caught one. Um, I was on the like opposite side bank um working on filleting it and in walks this big grizzly bear and this is like the moment where you're like wow that's a big animal wow it's really close most people would probably get out of here right now but i just landed a salmon and I am taking that thing home. And it's I'm, like, if it comes over here, it's going to be like, no. I'm eating it. So <laughs> I was like, kind of freaking out, trying to finish filleting it. Like and, and illegitimately, it was probably like 40 yards 
right behind me, walked right into the fishing hole and was just pawing at because there were so many of them in there, was just pawing at fish. And I, uh, my buddy was with me at the time. Um, he's got a pretty cool picture of a grizzly bear like right behind him in the background. He's kind of throwing his hands up. But uh, <laughs> that was honestly, I mean, that was a pretty, that was a pretty cool adventure. Uh, something I'll you know take with me forever, and I definitely at some point want to make it back to Alaska. So, that's cool. I haven't never never been to Alaska. Never been to Alaska. Uh, closest I've gotten is living in northern Idaho. And going to Yellowstone in Canada, which Yellowstone's fantastic. Did run into a bear. Funny story. The same day I accepted Christ, we're riding bikes down this trail, mountain biking. Like had like freshly eaten PB and J's, and my dad just shared the gospel with me, and I was <laughs> like, "Wow, this is so incredible, spiritual high," you know. And then we're like riding down the bike path, and like out comes mom bear out of the woods and I'm like well if I die like you know go to heaven go on heaven like, it's go. like well wow and I like threw my, <laughs> threw my bike down and was like ah I'm running out of here but I mean that's I'm, I'm here I'm that's here true. and we're you know we're doing this so you survived I, survived I did I got a story about it so um yeah with all those experiences and all the stories I think one of the big things that you know you and I and a lot of other guys that you know have on the podcast can kind of dig into is the experiences that they've had firsthand with God, right? And, and for a lot of those, like for, for me personally, it happens in creation, mm-hmm. right? And um, what, are, what are some of those experiences that you think you've been able to encounter? Yeah, so um, it's funny. I am very much so a morning person. Um, my wife would tell you that uh, when I should be like sleeping in or whatever, of course I don't sleep like a lot to begin with, but when I should be like sleeping in, I'm like, mm, sleeping in is maybe like 5.30. That's, Are you like bright eyed and bushy tailed like at 5.30? Oh, I, I love it. I, I eat it up. And one of the big reasons I say all this leading into what I'm about to say is I love watching the sunrise. Hmm. There is nothing, I mean, it's way better when you're on the water or in the woods, but like even at the house, um, if I've got like a cup of coffee in my hand, um, you know, I'm either reading the Bible first thing in the morning or, you know, I, I like to read in general. So like, uh, morning is the best time for me to, you know, read a book and, you know, doing that and watching the sunrise. I just, I feel like that is the time to just enjoy everything so much. Everything's quiet. Like, uh, so therefore, when I'm in the deer stand or on the water, I mean, creation is just, I mean, it's right there. It's you and creation. I mean, and there is, at least for me, there is no way to to look at that and think, you know, this isn't God, A. So for the case of, I guess, there, you know, being God is like, man, he created this and he put the passion in me to love it and to enjoy it and um i my wife for sure would be able to tell you this but even like the littlest things in nature i just think i'm like that is so cool that is so crazy like you think of the birds and their migration or the i don't know the robin that picks up a nose to go look for worms after it rains just the the way nature works together um 
it's fascinating to me. Like, I, I probably should have went into biology or something. I'm thinking um, the same thing. But it's 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 awe inspiring, man. It is seriously. There, like, I don't I don't even know how well to describe it with words, just because it's like every time I see it, I I don't know. How, you know, I don't know how to describe it. And then I think, uh, man, so I read a book last year called Heaven by Randy Elkhorn. I don't know if you've read it. If you haven't read it, that's like one of my biggest recommendations we'll for somebody to read. Yes. So um, it is very much so uh, from a perspective of scripture breaks down um, what Randy Elkhorn um pictures heaven to be or what he you know it's it's obviously through his eyes but he it's all scripture based um and so there's a lot there's a lot of really cool things in there that opened my eyes uh to what's heaven actually going to be because a lot of people and i think a lot of christians just kind of you know you, you might not even think about it that much it's like yes yeah, it's maybe a great place to spend eternity in or um, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, you know, am I just going to be like floating around and stuff? Like, is it even going to be all like enjoyable or it sounds kind of, sounds kind of boring usually sure. the way it's portrayed in in society at least. And even, I mean, even in, um, you know, Christianity, I guess nowadays there's, I don't know. It's just it, to me at least, I never experienced it thought about it uh set my mind to it too much and and when i read this book um i say all that because it's like creation what what we see and what i see in creation right now is is still marred by sin so like heaven which is our ultimate end goal Mm. is a perfectly um resurrected earth how God originally created it and it will this is my belief but it will very much so be like you think those mountains are beautiful to look at you can't even imagine what heaven's gonna be like because it is that is the earth is ultimately a picture of God's creation it's marked by sin but that is that new earth is gonna be I mean we, we can't even imagine it so Honestly, at least recently, um, the last year or two, you know, when I'm out in the woods or on the lake, you know, that is, I've been thinking of that a lot lately. It's kind of opened my eyes to a whole nother perspective. That's really cool to think about. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, I, I want everybody to read the book that would give it a chance. It's, it's a pretty tough read. Um, well, at least it was for me. There's a lot of theology and stuff in there, but it's it's fantastic. I'll have to I'll have to put that on the list, and it's a recommendation. So, okay, so we're gonna kind of move in the next section. Sure. Um, this is you know as we talked about, this is kind of mainly the focal point of you know my idea for this podcast. Really, is just to give you a platform to kind of say, hey, look, here's my story. You know, here's what I believe, here's what I'm passionate about, here's what God has done, um, and it's your testimony. Um, so I'm going to turn the floor over to you for a few minutes and just sure. let you kind of unpack your 
your your testimony and you can go as in-depth as you would like to. Um, but I'll let you have the floor. I'll try and stay <clears throat> around a few minutes. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All day long. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, man, I, uh, I grew up basically, you know, probably all the way throughout high school into college. Um, I, I knew who God was. I had an understanding of God. I actually, I went to a, a private Christian, um, grade school, uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. And I, you know, I, I learned a lot about the Bible, about God. Um, I had no idea though, what it's like to have a relationship with God, I guess. And, uh, that, followed me into college, you know, that, uh, I was very much so just living for earthly things, you know, temporary satisfaction and, and a lot of different stuff. Um, and so, man, I also though, I was one of those people that it's kind of crazy, but like, if you would have brought up God when I was like early in college or just say maybe the things I were doing weren't the best things and stuff, I would have, and I did multiple times probably, you know, kind of laughed it off or shrugged it off just because like, you know, I ultimately felt like I was on top of the world. Like there was, there was no bringing me down. I was enjoying, I was enjoying, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, and so my now wife, I actually, we met when I was, I was a junior, she was a sophomore in college. We were both um, unbelievers, probably similar situation where like she knew who God was, but um, yeah, she didn't have a relationship with him. Um, and uh, man, there was just a lot of uh, sinful things in our relationship. Our relationship was broken, you know. I, I didn't see that at first, right? But uh we dated for almost like a year. Um, I was pretty sure after a, a different relationship that I had got out of that wasn't great. Um, like I was pretty sure, I was like, man, a year in, this is the girl that I think I'm gonna marry. And then um, the brakes basically came off and it was really rough. It was like super, super hard time in my life. Um, and I think we tried kind of like, you know, working things out. Uh, we maybe tried getting back together, just a bunch of big mess, basically. Um, and then we basically, you know, split up again, or it was it was to the point of like, it, it was just so toxic, the relationship, that it was not going anywhere. It was digging us deeper and deeper. Um, we both, you know, had some issues there, and... Uh, Man, I was, I was honestly, I was at the lowest point in my life. Like, um, so this would have been like end of my junior year of college, uh, early senior year of college. And without actually knowing it, I mean, I was questioning probably like a, a lot of stuff in the back of my head. Like, why do I not feel happy or fulfilled? I've never like suffered from depression um I was always pretty positive and stuff but man I just I literally thought like felt like my world was ending because I put a lot of stock into you know my relationship at that time anyways um so uh by the grace of God 
Um, there's a man by the name of Blake Hodges. He is the <clears throat> he's one of my absolute best friends. Um, he's the man that brought me to Christ. Uh, he was we met at the gym, so I I used to frequent. I loved I love sports. Loved going to the gym and stuff in college, and and we met at the gym. Uh, we started working out together, and he honestly, like, it was really strange, man. Is this is a definitely a God thing? But he, I could tell, like, he had something that I didn't have. I knew he wasn't. There was just something different about him. I didn't know him super well yet, right? We had just kind of met in the gym. We'd work out together. Uh, I mean, I don't even think we were hanging out much yet at the time. Uh, but anyways, and he would. He would. He asked, you know, probing questions, kind of. He knew that I was hurting or like in a bad spot. And uh, one day, man, he just. I mean, I guess he was kind of willing to put like our friendship on the line because this could be kind of edgy. But he's kind of like, um, you know, what you know, what do you believe about God, or do you do you have a relate? How's your relationship with God, or do you have a relationship with God? And I like started thinking. And in that moment, I I don't know how much of an answer I gave him or how much I was just, you know, maybe spewing stuff, but I instantly was wrestling with that question, and I couldn't answer it. I was like, I know who God is. Yeah, I know. I know all about God. I know about the Bible. I know I believe that there's a God. I believe this is, he created us. I you know, all that stuff. And, uh, so anyways, man, there wasn't like a specific day that I gave my life to Christ, but, uh, there was from that moment on, there was like a lot of wrestling and he kind of, you know, he, he you know, he kind of pushed me. He kept asking these questions and dive deeper and deeper. And, you know, he was like, well, man, I would just welcome you to look into this and to start like thinking about this and, um, you know, from there I had questions and so forth and I'd start looking through scripture and stuff. And man, I just, um, he, 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 I mean, ultimately he asked the right questions. He was there for me in a time when I was super vulnerable, um, just with everything that was going in life. And, uh, he was, uh, you know, talking about, talk about somebody who's like on fire for the Lord, man, he, he was out there. the 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 gym was his area to, uh, you know, to sh- to share who God was with people. And uh, man, our our friendship obviously it took off after that. Um, and so the rest of my senior year of college, uh, you know, that's that's when I gave my life to Christ, and um, it just started growing from there. And uh, things obviously you know, you're not guaranteed, like things aren't perfect, you know, after I gave my life to Christ or some of this myself thinking like, oh, everything's going to be peachy now, right? Yeah, that's not what, not what's promised to us, um, in, in God's word. But, uh, anyways, there's been, uh, lots of growth since then. Um, you know, my wife and I actually, she ended up giving her life to Christ around the same time I did. Uh, we, actually had originally tried like getting back together right away thinking that you know hey this is gonna work now right um obviously not the case that's not how that worked um we actually went a significant amount of time without even you know talking to each other seeing each other and 
we weren't living in the same area and then at, at some point uh our paths crossed and um I could just tell, tell she was she was a completely different person she was completely changed and um yeah I was completely changed as well so uh that's certainly been you know a huge blessing but uh anyways so now man that's the the Lord has just done a lot in our lives and uh, my life has certainly been open to a lot of things and just seeing, you know, how the Lord has worked um, since then. It's It's been, uh, I don't know, six, seven years now, but uh, it's been pretty incredible. It's a cool story, man. It's interesting for sure. <laughs> it has a lot of ups and downs. Man, there was... A lot of ups and downs, and my wife and I kind of get a crack out of it when people ask, like, our testimony or our story. They'll say, like, oh, when did you guys start dating? It's kind of like, it's complicated. <laughs> which time do you want to <laughs> know? Like, the first time, the second time, the third time? It's like, on Facebook, you just stated it's complicated for a while. Yeah. Like. We probably should have. <laughs> Actually, we probably shouldn't have even been Facebook friends for a while. Who knows? There was a period of time I don't think we were. I don't think we should have Facebook. I mean, I think we should just... <laughs> much simpler times, right? Yeah, I, fine. I so, agree. Well, dude, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you unpacking that. And, uh, I think it's interesting when you when you look back and you kind of talk about your story, how... It's kind of weird because I, I do this too, right? You talk about your story and talk about how God's kind of worked in all these miraculous ways. And, and sometimes we just kind of like... Oh, shrug it off, you know, and, um, I think God is due all of the credit, you know, for everything and, you know, for him to orchestrate, you know, you guys being together and then, you know, you kind of said you and your wife kind of, you know, having a life change and kind of finding, finding your relationship with Christ at the same time. It's like, it's not just by luck or by chance, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how that would be, you know. Right. Fishing may be luck, but that's not. <laughs> Fishing's right? not luck. Fishing's okay. not luck. No, but you know, I, I think I, I think I think you know if you kind of say like, oh, I, you know, it's just by chance or by luck or, you know, any of those type of things, it's like no, it's not like God is orchestrating a masterpiece and showing himself through our lives, whether it be the small details or the big. Right. And I think it's really cool. So, so yeah, when I was, um, I, I should still do this. Um, I don't know why I don't, but, uh, earlier when I was a newer believer, I, I actually would keep a prayer journal. Um, and, uh, man, I can look back at every one of those prayers, and it's honestly incredible. Hmm. Most of them probably weren't answered how I expected them to. Sure. But that's not how, you know, things don't work like that. But, uh, man, it, it's it's incredible. They're all, I mean, the the prayers that were answered, it, once again, it's one of those things. So it's like, that. That's, that's God. I mean, there's... Do you kind of laugh at them? Like some of you look oh. back and you're laughing and you're like, that's outrageous. 100%. Like, what, am I, what was I asking for? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. yeah, very much so. <laughs> you're like, wow, I'm such a child. Like, why did I ask for that? Or like, well, what was I thinking here? You know, it's like you go back and read like an eight-year-old's journal and you're like. Of course, I think that about a lot of the decisions I make. What, you're like, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> do that all the time. Or, or wow, that's, uh, 
I must have been a child. And then it's like, well, that was yesterday, actually. I was just thinking that. And your wife's like, I know, I told you not to. And you're like, I should really listen to you more often, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, story of my life. It pretty much is, yeah. So, um, all right, we're going to change gears a little bit. Yep. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, that's yeah. so powerful. And I think that, you know, the your testimony is a unique tool that kind of reaches very very specific people and you know it's it's not one of those things to be kind of undermined so super cool thanks for unpacking that um all right now we're going to kind of get into some different questions just kind of about you and the kind of way that you process and the way that you kind of do things so um what do you think motivates you the most uh, there's a lot of hobbies out there yeah what what kind of gets you fired up and out of bed in the morning so I don't know if this is a good thing, but it, it works against me just as much as it works for me. But I think I'm a very prideful person. Um, double edged. I can see that. Yep. So I take a, a lot of pride in what I do, um, and that is very much so why I I like deer hunting, whatever it is. Like I want to be the absolute best I can be and I will pursue that to no end um when I want to learn when I want to you know when I was collegiate bass fishing or growing up fishing or whatever it was it's like I 100% I want to see myself at I want to have that success and so I put everything I can into it it's like my name's on it um I, I feel like similar at work. Like if I have a project at work, if my name's on it, I am going to absolutely try my hardest to make sure that there is, at the end, that that's 100% successful. That's just how I'm wired. Um, <laughs> I, I think often, we need to find a different word than pride. Yeah. I, but I think, you know. it's. I mean, it's like, it's just, like I said, it's hot. It's wired. a healthy it's, pride. It's built within me. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, boastful right sure. it's not like sure, sure. hey I'm I'm the best but I want to be the best in anything I do and that's always like you know trying my hardest if I'm if I'm going to do it and get into it I'm going to try my hardest and I I want to I'm very competitive I just <laughs> see I'm not I'm like I'm I'm, I'm going to be the dad who's out there with the t-ball team I'm like hey let's just go out there and have fun oh yeah like you guys you know make sure you have fun or you're like I'm going to be like, you like, better bat left-handed. I'm like, we're going to crush you into gravel to fill the parking lot potholes. Like, Some lessons are going to have to be <laughs> learned through failure the hard way. And, you know, I, no, I, I, uh, the parenting topic is probably completely Oh, it'll come. Separate, Don't worry. But <laughs> it's on the next page. Don't worry. It's coming. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super excited for it. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I just... I think my 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 passions or my hobbies I just I don't know I want to I always want to give my best and that oftentimes doesn't entail me resting and relaxing and or sleeping in sleeping in bingo that's that's See, my alarm is set at 5:30 every single morning my wife hates it am I up at 5:30 every morning no but Oh yeah, 5:30. Yeah, see, like 5:30. She hates it. Is she's like, also night shift, so I'm I'm sleeping in. If I sleep till five 5:30, I'm like, hey, I slept in. Not that I get up like way earlier before that, but 
I don't it's know. It's like 5.15 for you, isn't it? Well, it's like you're like not much like, early, but it's like it's, it's right there. It's like just enough where you'd be like, I can run that golden badge for yeah, today. Yeah, extra fifteen minutes. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is an interesting question. Um, one of the guys who listens to the podcast kind of was like, "Hey, what about you ask this question? Mm-hmm. So since you're married, right? Mm-hmm. You have your own little family. Um, how do either you, yep. or you and your wife kind of decide or make decisions?" I think it's kind of a... That's an interesting question. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like that question a lot, actually, in the essence of the family. Of course, every family has a different dynamic. Sure. So this yeah. is just kind of how we do things. But I would say... So my wife and I are very, very good together because we are 100% opposite. If I married somebody that had my personality... Holy cow. You'd have three boats by now. Well, I don't think I'd be married anymore. That's true. Because I have a very, like, uh, in the disc profile, I don't know if you've ever done any of those, mm. like, models and stuff. I am a D, which is um, very much so outgoing. Um, I put my mind to something, and I'm going to do that. And, like, it's a it's a leader, get it done style mentality. And my wife is very much so like reserved and she is quiet, she's shy. We balance each other out very well. So uh, when we make decisions, um, I'm headstrong and she's like the typically not like doubting me in my decisions, but she's very much so the good balance to kind of say, hey, you're, you're way out here, that's good. I know you're going to push us in the right direction you know as the leader of the family um but she keeps she keeps me grounded and in the background of things she's very much so the one that keeps the train on the tracks she in her internal processor so like she think about things and mm-hmm. like yeah so my wife's the same way where i'm like external processor where i'll like in the process of making a decision, I'll, like, say all of the things that are going on in my head. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> in the analogy of, like, I still I still this analogy from, like, a pastor, uh, Jeremy Powell, right? He, he's, like, I'm an external processor. He's, like, we're going to land the plane. But with the words that I'm going to say, I'm going to crash the plane a few times before it actually <laughs> touches the tarmac. Right? Like... That's how I am, and my wife is, like, very, very internally processed. So, like, she'll think about all of the things before she actually says them. Mm -hmm. But the downside is she actually may not say all of the information needed in the situation, (laughs) right? So, like, she will go through the whole process to problem solve, but, like... She'll only say the result, but there may be like other information in there, and she's like, "Yeah, did I not tell you?" I'm like, "No, you got from like a all the way down here to the finish line, and I don't know how you got there." You're supposed to pick up those pieces. I'm supposed to read her. I'm supposed to read her mind. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's how it's supposed to work. But my wife is very much so the same way, which is funny, and I also think out loud like that. So. Don't you just hate it when the train comes off the tracks multiple times or the plane crashes in the analogy that you use? It's going to get there, though. Just give me a few <laughs> minutes. Like, don't judge me for what comes out of my mouth. Well, my, I'm just going to get to the finish My plane line. hits the ground all the time, man. Numerous times a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
What do you think is the best piece of advice or the best compliment you've ever received? Mm. The best piece of advice. So I, I would say, um, one of the, this pertains to like the outdoor passion. Um, one of the best piece of advice I, I got was, um, when I was in high school, um, I was fishing, had the opportunity to fish a, a junior world championship, um, and that coincided with the Bassmaster Classic. So for any people that are familiar with yeah, bass yeah. fishing tournament trails. And so um, I, you had like a, a, a professional angler um, was uh, the uh, our boater, basically, um, on a body of water for a couple of days. And they were able to take us out and stuff. And anyways, um, so... Mike Worm, he's older, retired now, um, but he was my boat captain or my boater um, in one of these tournaments, and he told me something I thought was really interesting, and I take it with me whether I'm fishing or hunting, but at the at the time, I didn't know any of this or why it was important, but he said, no matter what you're fishing for, I was mostly focused on bass, that's what I tournament fish for and stuff, he said, no matter what you're fishing for, he said, anytime you have the opportunity to spend time on the water, you need to take it because it will make you a better fisherman regardless. Doesn't matter what you're fishing for. Doesn't You might be out there and you might not be fishing. You might just be out there to be out there. But you're observing things and you're, I mean, you're, you're learning. And so it's like when I'm fishing or when I'm in the woods hunting and this goes very much so into why you know I'm passionate about the deer dudes and habitat management and like what we're doing is because every time I'm out in <clears throat> nature I am very much so like paying attention to the smallest little details and I'm asking like why why is this like this why is this like this and like you mentioned a lot of nature functions in that same way. Like there's reasons behind it all. Um, and so, man, I just, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, is something that I've kind of just taken with me and it's kind of like, you know, what I take out of that now is, you know, pay, pay attention to all the, down to the smallest detail as you can, because, um, it, you know, it can just, you know, it can change your success rate from, I guess, not catching anything to being successful in the water or in the woods or even, I mean, life in general, man. If you're pursuing something, I, I think that's just very, you know, important to do is uh, take your time, uh, spend a lot of time doing what you, you know, want to be good at and study that craft. I think it can be applied to a lot of different things um, that we think about, right? So you talked about hunting and fishing, but it also can be you know, applied to any kind of relationships or things that you have, right? I mean, if you want to be a better Christian, how do you get there? You know, spend time in the Word, spend time praying, spend time serving, um, being with fellow bodies of believers. I think anything that you... I think that's, that's applicable across... Everything right in life. I think it's that's a great piece of advice. I think that's huge. Yeah, you you can't expect to be good at something. You know, you mentioned a relationship with Christ. 
I mean, you, you can't imagine, you can't expect to not put anything into that, and in the end, get a lot out of that. Sure. Yeah. All right. So this is probably my favorite question, mm-hmm. um, and I think you're about to get a whole new. And you may be already thinking about this, but um, kind of a whole new worldview into into what this means but what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind right like when you put the boat on the trailer for the last fishing trip of your life or you you know hang the deer rifle up and put it in the safe or you on your on your deathbed you know like what what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind yeah so um that's a tough one to answer but uh i think there's i think there's probably a a few things um, that I can think about. Uh, one of those, and I kind of already talked about it a little bit, but like I, I want people to know that I gave my best at what I did, and um, I think some of that also comes from my beliefs, right? It's like God's blessed me with these passions, these gifts, whatever. Like I, I feel like I need to use those to the best of my abilities. So, um, so I think that's I think that's definitely one. Um, you know, being a, being a good leader, um, that may be in the household, that may be out of the household. Um, but I, I want my, my boy and hopefully any other future children to be able to say, you know, Hey, their dad was, you know, he, he was a, a strong leader. He made these decisions. He worked very hard. Um, and he pursued his, uh, you know, relationship with the Lord. And he also, um, pursued these other passions that meant a lot to him and he, he shared them with us. So, uh, man, as I, it's funny you say that this may be changing or I may see this in a different light. As I was kind of thinking of these things, I'm like, you know, gosh, without kids, like, the legacy is kind of about me a little bit more. Um, as I think of like my son, now I'm thinking like, man, my, my legacy, I really want it to be about him. Like, what did I do for him? How did, what did I do to set him up for success, to spend time with him, to be present with him, to be, you know, a figure in his life, to teach him my passions or support him and whatever his passions were. Um, uh, so I honestly think that's, you know, that is probably tops being the best. I want to be the best father figure I can be, um, and husband. Yes. Yeah. So I think this next question kind of goes into, um, what kind of father you are because, um, you are having a son, right? Uh-huh. It's kind of, it's kind of important. I think this is a a touchy question when it comes to the culture that's kind of shifting now, but I think, you know, it's one that's very, very important that, you know, I don't think we need to shy away from, but like, what do you, what do you truly think it means to be a man? Right? Like I know what society says. I know, I know what culture says, but like when it comes down to your beliefs and you know who you are, like, what do you, what do you think being an actual man is? Yeah, so <laughs> that it's, is, it's a it's a touchy area, but I'm like, hey, look, I mean, yeah, and uh, 
that I'm I'm not I'm not afraid of the touchy aspect. It's tough to find words for it. So like, I mean, I think being a man is very much so being willing to step into the uncomfortable and like. Um, <sighs> I almost would be able to describe better what a, maybe what a, I don't think a man is, and that's somebody that's, um, you know, lazy, not willing to put forth the effort, uh, is um, lackadaisical maybe in how they view uh, making sure their family has a a good living and make sure that they're present at their kids ball games and um you know I, I think I think what a what a man is 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 somebody that is you know s- setting that tone of being the leader being able to step into the uncomfortable striving to be the striving to be the best they can always be um that's I mean, that, I guess that's kind of where I see it, or if I was to you know, describe it. I think it's a good line to draw in the sand, in my opinion. I mean, I think, I think there's a definite line to draw where it's like, you know, you are this. Because um, I actually had this conversation with the guy at work, because, I mean, I was talking about the podcast and kind of what it's, framed around and kind of what the what the idea is behind it I was like look there is a there's a lot of things that society says and does but really when it comes down to it it's like you don't have to be a big strong you know physically strong you know uh, bodybuilder of a man to be a man right you know, you could be into literature and art and things that I don't find very interesting and, <laughs> and be as equally or more so a man. Sure. But I think it's your your character, your respect, your integrity, your honor, the things that you stand up for, the things you believe in that make you a man. Yeah, so um, I think that's huge. I think that's why it's hard to say like what it is. I think is. it's hard to put your finger Be- on it. Because you don't want to say, well, it's it's somebody that likes the outdoors because it's like sure. manly. It's like, I, I love the outdoors, but that's not just because you don't doesn't, I mean, that doesn't have any effect on. Driving a big truck Yeah, doesn't make you any more of a man than if you're driving a I, I drove my wife's little Toyota Corolla hey, down great here. Great gas so. mileage. Great <laughs> gas mileage. So I drove it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you talked about loving to read. I yeah. don't love to read, but um, what do you think is your favorite book or a book that you give as a gift? So um, the book I mentioned earlier, huh? Evan, is uh, I have been recommending that book a lot, and... Um, it's probably like top of my list, um, at least for like a, you know, theology book. Um, the worst hard time I recently read, it's by Timothy Egan and, uh, it is about the dust bowl and it was awesome. Blew my socks off, man. I had never studied the dust bowl too much, but what those 
people endured. Um, and then even the story of how America even got to that point. Incredible. It's fascinating. I mean, it's, uh, it's told, uh, so the book is, is a, is story based and it's actually told like through the eyes of, um, multiple different people that live through the Dust Bowl. So it's like very capturing and it's not like a, a huge run on long story. It's like a lot of little stories. Um, you know, it's told through someone else's eyes. Uh, fascinating book. Love it. Um, Crazy times. Yeah. Glad we have like, you know, no till and different technologies where that doesn't happen. Well, yeah. It still could, but, um, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's funny. I I don't want to get into political beliefs, but there's like a lot of, um, capitalism, which I'm. Uh, very much a proponent of but it's like you see where greed really kind of like gets out of control and then you also see where the government then tries stepping in and the government um and a lot of the decisions they made um when they get involved it uh you know it, it doesn't make things any better for the people if anything it they very much so help things spiral out of control faster and it, interesting. It, it is very interesting. History, decisions made by different people, um, the land. It, it taught you know, it kind of talks about it all, and then survival. So it's kind of I don't know. I like exciting stories like that. See things through different people's perspectives. So cool. All right. All right. So you get up early. Yep. You like sunrise. You love sitting in the woods. You like looking around for antlers you may or may not find. Um, usually not find. Usually not find. Um, but you know, like a, a off day from work. What are you gonna do to kind of reset, recharge, relax, chill out? What, what do you? What do you? What are you, what are you gonna do? Uh, I am gonna do something, and I say That's that like no off days. I say that because I very much so unwind by doing something. So like, I will come home from work and. Depending on what my available time is um, between dinner and spending time with my wife, it's like I'm doing something. I want to do something. I want to be productive. And if I can be productive at the house or if I I have a day off and I can go scout a piece of land. So I started getting into uh, public land deer hunting a a couple years ago. It's kind of like the the next challenge that I, I kind of want to become proficient at. And so I'm like the more time I spend out there, the more I'm learning and I just, I love, once again, love being out there. So, uh, so, um, there's a lot of that. And then I also do a lot of like projects around the house. I want to, you know, if there's something that needs to be fixed or, uh, both houses now that I've lived in since graduating college, there's been, um, a lot of like remodel work and stuff to do. And I enjoyed doing that, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I'm not a, a master at any of it by any means, but, um, I like to learn. I utilize a lot of YouTube and I basically, I, I enjoy figuring out how to fix stuff or make stuff better. So, um, usually if I'm either working on the house project or I'm out, uh, in the woods or on the water, if I can get away from the house. So YouTube is a very dangerous place <laughs> yes. because professor YouTube, right? Dude, I watched like a six part 
video of this guy building a drift boat in his woodwork shop. Now, I, you know, he had like 47 million clamps and like all these table saws and all this stuff. And he built like a 15 foot drift boat from scratch. And I'm thinking like, dude, I have a corded skill saw, a couple hammers, maybe some clamps and a cordless drill. Like I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, sure. no. My wife shot that down. She's like, you're not doing that. How I'm cool like, is it though? That'd be awesome though. I know. I'm like, I learned it all on YouTube. Like, let's do it. How but, cool is it that you can literally, if you have like a passion, like you're talking about, you can find somebody else that has that similar passion and has done it and you can watch them. Uh, you can maybe you one can learn from them and watch them do it. That's cool. Maybe one day. I don't know. That'd be awesome though. Um, all right, this is probably actually my like other favorite question. Okay. It's kind of fun. Um, you have a hundred bucks. Uh-huh. What is your favorite piece of outdoor gear? I don't know, hundred dollars. Cause I know there's a lot of expensive pieces of gear out there, yeah. right? We're talking yeah. like guns, coolers, boats, fishing rods, but you got to keep it under hundred bucks. Can you buy equipment for under hundred bucks? Yes. <laughs> Aaron is like, I want you to know, I am like the Ozark Trail Outdoorsman. Oh, yeah. Like, all the coolers, I'm like, not fishing lures, right? I don't, I don't stoop that low. Hey. But. You got to get by where you can. I'm like, yes, I, I outdoors on a budget. So, 100 bucks. Okay. What is your favorite piece of outdoor So, I might go a couple different directions here because there's no way I could just like narrow it down to one. But I came up thought of a few things one okay. of them uh so if i'm fishing this is way under 100 bucks but a buff is oh. like the best thing game changer that has ever happened to the um apparel industry it's like i so back when i was fishing in college you know we'd fish tournaments all year long and i don't know what it is about the buff but i would wear that thing in the winter, flying down Kentucky Lake when it's like 30 to 40 degrees and literally somehow my face would stay warm and it wouldn't feel like it was just getting ripped to shreds. And in the other sense, I can also wear that same buff out on the lake when it's 90 degrees in the middle of summer and the sun's beat down and you, there's no breeze. And it, you know, obviously keeps the sun off your face, but it like literally keeps me cooler i think my because the sun's not baking my skin i don't know that's literally third use for it you're out mowing the yard and you got a weed eat stuff man you just throw a buff on and you go to like edge the driveway or next to the sidewalk you don't have to worry about like pieces of gravel hitting you in the face hey fourth use for it covid mask (laughs) it's a little thin but sure i mean yeah hey i mean we're in the year 2020 like it's got to be said. So, yeah, no, there you go. Um, I would say, uh, so then, like, going the hunting route, um, uh, a good pair of brush pants. Depends how much junk you're trekking through in the woods, but I find myself, like, um, in the middle of a patch of briars, like, fairly often to where I can't really move in any direction. It's just, like, tearing up the skin on, like, my face and my hands and stuff but I got my brush pants on so my legs aren't getting torn up it's a funny story about needing brush pants uh-huh. buddy and I went go rabbit hunting I think like the week before it closed 
Good time to have a pair of brush pants. Great time to have a pair of brush pants. So there's like snow on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that, I like parked the truck on the side of the road publicly and I'm like, that over there looks like it has rabbits in it. Oh, yeah. Right, you know, you just, you just see it. And you're like, let's go over there. We get out of the truck, walk maybe like 50 feet. And I mean, I'm like using my shotgun as like a machete trying to like get through briars mm-hmm. and get through stuff and like you're out there you know you're trying to be quiet and you know my buddy's like he has gloves on and he's just kind of like found his way through the briars <laughs> and Aaron's over there like trying to stay quiet but like whimpering like a small dog because I mean I'm wearing like heavy canvas pants but yeah. it's not the same as brush pants no. right like it's in your legs and you're like oh you know you just it, oh it just sucks. I used to scout without them, and then I think last year I bought my first pair of brush pants, and I'm like, how did I ever make it? How did I do things? this? Like, it's they're they're awesome. Um, so that, any any brands that you uh, lean toward, or we just no, I just try and find something that's uh, economically friendly. I'm very much so a uh, budget guy, and. Uh, I'm very frugal with my money, so... <laughs> I would, Pants, though, I will say, has to have a gusset. Oh, yeah. Gotta. Oh, if yeah. it doesn't, it's like, what are these? So I bought... Uh, the pair I bought were Brownings, and they actually had, outside of the canvas area, the rest is like a stretchy... Uh, like, I don't want to say stretchy material because it's not like spandex, but it's got some stretch in it. Sure. Phenomenal. Really? I mean, way more comfortable like, than I thought they were going to be. I ordered them offline, actually. You do, like, Pilates after you get back to the Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I actually do. That's, yeah, that's part a of my game. Stre- a little stretch out <laughs> after you're done. Yeah. You got anything else? Any other any pieces of gear? Um, you know, nowadays you can get a lot of good trail cameras for under 100 bucks. So, like, the huge thing in my arsenal and something that I'm always constantly trying to build and I think as a, as a deer hunter helps a lot is... Uh, you know, trail cameras, like, you can, you can look at them, um, and get too focused on only looking at your cameras and what they're telling you, but I also think from, a, you know, especially now that my time is going to be limited in the woods, probably just with a child and stuff, is, like, the more data and information you have, um, that I can gather from cameras, the more precise I can be with my hunts and knowing that, hey, like, when I hit the woods, my expectation isn't just to like hope to see something. My expectation is that I'm going after I'm gonna see a that sp- one. specific deer to kill. True. Yeah. So, trail cool. cameras are great. You trail can get all kinds of good ones for under a hundred bucks. Heck, I buy some that are pretty cheap just to be able to buy more of them with a hundred bucks. Like, <laughs> hey, babe, uh, don't worry about that Amazon package. Uh, I'll, I'll get it. Stimulus money? What stimulus money? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Um, yeah. Is there kind of any piece of advice that you would give um, anyone who's listening? Um, something that you just kind of maybe wish you knew a little bit earlier in your life or you just kind of that one nugget that you wanted to share I'm going to leave two things oh no I'm just kidding go ahead (laughs) so one of them um, from a perspective of like relationship with God I would say um, just man as I as I went through college and I 
sat in that seat and I heard people talk about God and who he was and I, I kind of um, blew it off because I thought my life was like on top of the world. Um, my only piece of advice or like comment there is just know that like um, as good as some of these things seem um, on this earth like they're only temporary mm-hmm. and ultimately like I want as many people to be able to enjoy eternity in heaven um, you know when the when the day comes and so you know f- for that I would just say from a kind of an open heart perspective like I've been in the shoes of you know hearing about God and thinking it was silly or whatever and just not paying much attention. But, uh, yeah, I'll just say there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot more there, um, to life than just our temporary happiness here on earth than what we pursue. The other thing I would say is, uh, so my other hunting buddy and I, we talk about this a lot is, uh, Type 2 fun. I don't know if you heard about type 2 fun. It's a Steve Rinella thing, actually. Okay. Meat eater thing. Um, so, uh, type 2 fun is like... I, I think he says type 1 fun maybe is the uh, type of fun where it's like you and I go to the amusement park, we ride a roller coaster, and it's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. That was exciting. Oh, that was fun. We talk about it like for that next minute, and then like years down the road... You never talk about the roller coaster again. Unless type, something wild and crazy. Type 2 fun, though. This is what... I'm a type 2 fun seeker. Junkie. Type 2 fun is like you're in the moment and you're like, oh my gosh, this sucks. This is terrible. What was I thinking? You know, like you're out walking three miles through the woods on public land, have no idea where you're going. It's pitch black out at 3 a.m. in the morning. It's raining. It's raining, and it's like 30 degrees, and you're planning on staying out there for an all-day sit. You're like, this is really dumb. But you make it out of there, and then years down the road, you're like, that was an awesome adventure, and I'm totally going to do it again. You're going to chase that same adventure even though it's it was crazy and it like sucked in the moment so see my wife doesn't understand that right like oh, most i'll be like i'll be like oh uh, yeah we're gonna go fishing and i'm like but don't worry it's it's above freezing it's like 34 degrees i'm gonna wear my waders it'll be fine um even there's rain it's coming at 11 but i mean it'll be okay and it's like you get there and it's blown out and it sucks and you're like we hit a tree we almost died and then, like, you maybe catch a fish that's, like, four inches long. And that's the only fish you see all day. But it's like, we had so much fun. And 100% you'd go do it again. And 100% it was like, it sucked. Like, you're like, I can't feel my feet. Like, for the next oh. week, you're like, I can't feel two fingers on my hands because my hands got so cold. It's like, I backlashed a rod and I threw it in the back of the boat and I just, I'm just going to deal with it later. And you're like... But I would go do it next weekend. Yeah. My wife doesn't understand that either, but she usually rolls her eyes and knows that I am all about it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Um, If people wanted to follow up with you or say they're kind of interested to know more about uh, the Deer Dudes, um, what do you think is the best best way to get a hold of you or um, to kind of learn more? Yeah. So um, I would say... 
you can, um, if for whatever reason, I'm not super interesting, but if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm assuming you'll, are you going to put that stuff? Yeah, I'll in put it in the notes. Yep, sure. okay. So, um, you can find it that way. Uh, otherwise, um, you can find the Deer Dudes on Facebook. Um, and uh, you can find the Deer Dudes at thedeerdudes.com as well. And Do you like buy that domain? Yeah. Did you have yeah. to like wrestle it out of some 17 year old's hand? Surprisingly, nobody wants nobody the Deer Dudes yet. But uh, anyway, so our website really has like way more information than Facebook and everything. It kind of shows who we are. Uh, there's a bio of uh, my partner Dan and I. Um, so you can kind of read about us, our passions, why we're doing it. Um, it's a you know it's a neat little place to browse around, and then we're also providing content through the website like blogs and so forth. Just uh, you know we want to be a, a a platform where people can go and and just learn. Even so, you might not be interested in um, our services, but uh, if you're interested in deer hunting and deer, um, you might go on there and, and check out some of the blogs we try and uh, write once a week or so to just give people you know some some extra information and knowledge. So cool, man. Well, awesome, Cody. I appreciate you stopping by, and uh, hope people get in touch with you. Aaron, so, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. It was awesome. Hey, thanks for stopping by and listening to the Men of the Wild, episode 12, season 2 with Cody Sieben. Uh, super awesome guy. If you want to hear more episodes and more stories like his, check out the archive of episodes um, that are available. And also don't forget to stop by the Men of the Wild Instagram at Men of the Wild Podcast and give us a follow and know when new episodes are coming out. And uh, we'll see you on the next show.